And welcome. You are listening to the Saturday Night Special. I am one co-host with uh, the Rant Reloaded. I am Troy Shelby, and I am here with my co-host. I am Timothy Foudy, and I am with Eterne Veritatis. Roughly translated for all you out there who don't know Latin, that's eternal truth. And welcome to the show. We have a a very good show for you, I believe, today, and it's going to be extended. I know we usually run about 45 minutes to an hour. We're actually going to run a little bit over today. Uh, so please bear with us. We've got a lot of stories that segue into each other and a few others that need to uh, be discussed. So hopefully it's going to be a really good discussion today. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And uh, I will apologize now to both of our respective audiences. Uh, my kids are being loud this afternoon. Uh, they they decided to wake up early from their nap. So if you hear them screaming in the background, don't worry. We're, we're, not, we're not doing nothing. They just like to be little screaming banshees on occasion. Any of you all out there who've had toddlers in your life, I think you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> and on, in that same venue, I will apologize in advance, uh, if I tend to have any flubs or what have you, uh, I just went through surgery yesterday, so I am still recovering, so please bear with me. If you hear a, a an ouch or a yelling pain, you understand why. Also, and, and don't forget to mention it, I know this is not really something that we like talking about on the air, but as, as someone who's had surgeries before, I'm telling you right <laughs> now, the, the opioid-related craps are horrendous. So I get it. If he has to get up and go to the bathroom, I'll just keep on talking so that way there's no blank space in our, our podcast today. So That would be wonderful. Uh, and yep. I do appreciate your understanding. So anyway, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. Today's date is Saturday, February 26, 2022. And uh, the top of the news, it seems, uh, which is rightfully so, is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I realize for some reason our president still refuses to address it as an invasion, but let's be honest, that's what it is. It is the armed military invasion. And and, and let's be let's be a hundred percent upfront. We all know exactly why he's not doing anything about this Russian situation. Exactly. I mean, we we know. Like, that's the one thing both of us have been screaming about for, like, the last three months now is that everything the Democrats are guilty of doing, they project onto Republicans and try to say the Republicans are at fault for it. And then also on top of that, we're kind of seeing a pivotal shift, which we'll get into later in the show, but we can uh, outline that particular topic right here now by saying that whenever the Republicans have better talking points than Democrats do, Democrats tend to try to hijack those talking exactly so, and that why is that because the democrats know that they that they're they're jumping they're 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 jumping ship like it's the titanic well it's not just that it goes back to something i said probably about four or five months ago with the whole rittenhouse trial thing that we were talking about back then i said it then and i'll say it again democrats don't have a messaging problem they have a message problem exactly we I don't have a message problem. We have a messaging problem. 
Exactly. We don't know how to reach the same kinds of you know demographics they do. We can't. We don't have the infrastructure built up for it. We don't have the news media corporations in our back pocket like they do. But we do have a better message than they do. We do. So, we do. We just last. We lack the propaganda machine. And you know exactly. what? Honestly, I'm okay with that. I do not believe mainstream media should be used as a propaganda machine. I believe, uh, just like on this show, we try to maintain a journalistic integrity. We give our opinions. Uh, we brought. We report the facts as they are, and our opinions on those facts. We do not try to control the narrative. We do not try to be the news. We tr- we just simply try to relay the news. So yeah. And that there's a lot of news out there that's that's uh, you know worth relaying, and you know that's the hard truth that that Troy and I you know we disagree on on occasion. I'll put that out there right now. We definitely do. There's nothing wrong with disagreements. It's it's part of how you make a productive show, um, is by deciding what is newsworthy and what is not. Um, and and with that, there are some things out there we cannot verify through multiple sources. You know, and that's that's really a shame because I wish we could. You know, I wish that all the media corporations out there were on board with actually reporting the facts because then we could actually clear the air a bit and actually tell people what's really going on, which is the important part of what we do. So with that being said, that's why we don't cover more topics that I would love to, t- to cover, and I cover in my own show on occasion. But it's, it's also one of them things that it's also a very good thing because this allows us to not hold our own um that there's there's a particular saying out there the fool harbors their own counsel and does right. not seek help from others and that is a really important thing to take away from these kinds of things that's why back checking your stories and back checking and fact checking yourself before you even relay information is always a very strong thing to do exactly as as it I, helps you to not keep your own counsel. Exactly. As I said, ours is not to control the narrative, just to report on it and give our opinions. We do not try to sway which way the narrative goes, and we are not going to pass stories just to create a narrative, such as NSNBC right. likes to do. Right. So with that, we'll dive right into the very first topic of the day, which is uh, something that... I know a lot of people have been wondering about, and that is um, how how the the sanctions are going to actually affect things. And so, with that, we will start out with the West inching closer to financial nuclear option of ejecting Russia from SWIFT. Exactly. Now, what is now hold hold, uh, hold on before we jump in, into that. Um, I do I, I want to mention because, uh, and one of the reasons we're bringing this up is. Regardless of whether we send ground troops into the Ukraine or not, it is going to, uh, this conflict, this war is what it is, that's in the Ukraine is going to have a geological, economical, and physical impact on America and American society. Um, So we are going to bring a lot, we are going to explore a lot of... uh, lot of the aspects of that impact whether it is directly or indirectly it's still going to be an impact that that's absolutely right it, there, there is larger you know more widespread impacts that, you know this will have on this nation 
fans everywhere else. Um, that, that's that's really the tough part about this is is seeing everything that's going to happen from not only the financial side of things and the economic side of things, but also to the real boots on the ground. Like, where is this going to lead? Is this going to lead truly to what we're hoping it doesn't, which is a World War III, an international conflict on a scale that we haven't seen in, over, in just over 100 years? Or is it going to be something much smaller than that, like a, a, a little brush fire? And that's where it is right now. Is it going to just contain itself to being just Ukraine? Or is it going to go farther? Uh, uh, my, so, honest, my honest belief, I don't think uh, Putin will be uh, satisfied with just Ukraine. Uh, there's, um, there's also implications of, uh, uh, of China, so, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but uh, major implications with that one too. Major implications with China. So um, it, it we're 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 literally in a hotbed right now, and uh, I do have to commend NATO that they are holding their troops at the Ukrainian borders to defend NATO territory. They have declared that they will not send ground forces, air forces, or any type of force into the Ukraine but they will secure Ukrainian borders along the NATO, uh, along the Ukrainian NATO territory borders. So I do have to commend NATO on that. I think it would be a, a mistake for us since Ukraine is not part of NATO, is not technically a uh, NATO ally, that uh, setting foot troops into NATO would just be a catastrophic failure at this point and and I w i'd like to point out something and this is not something we have in any of the tabs up here but it's something that as i've gone through looking for articles to talk about and things like that i've noticed a a very very obvious lack of certain groups being named you no know, no one of those groups is that that has just not been in the news since even like a couple months before this cropped up well, I know BLM and uh, Antifa have both kind of disappeared from the narrative. No, I'm not talking about them terrorist organizations. I'm talking about actual legitimate organizations that have been around for a very, 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 very long time. UN. Well, the UN has not been involved in any of this. We've this not heard true. a peep out of the UN. It's all NATO. Now, that plays into the first article we got going on here, but... It's all NATO. Now, what what is NATO, for, exa for example? Everybody talks about NATO, but does anybody really know what it is? The, the name of it is North Atlantic Trade Organization. Yep. Now, why is that why is that so important to understand that this is not a UN peacekeeping initiative of any kind, having troops on the border? This is literally about trade. Exactly. This is a trade this, war. This, this is a matter of, which is why I say this impacts American economy, because this is a matter of, it, it, it's a it's a trade association that means economy, money flow, trade, uh, merchandise flow, etc. Yes, and I mean that's and that's why this this it literally is about trade. It's about oil. It's about uh, nuclear fissile materials like uranium and and helium. Okay, this is not about. I mean, and I'm gonna make an assertion here. Okay. So well, you know, it's an assertion. I'm going to make the assertion that this is this has nothing to do with little green men 
No, not at all. I'm not talking about aliens. I'm not talking about aliens. I'm talking about the people that one country sends into another country to justify taking that country based on, hey, our citizens live there. Right. Little green men. Those kinds of little green men. Okay, this is not about little green men. If they were just going to take eastern, uh, eastern Ukraine, the area just north of Crimea, then that's all it would have been was little green men. It would have been totally legitimate on the on that basis. Well, the, and this, that is that is backed up by United Nations law. And this is like okay. I this is like I was saying earlier to you in our private conversation that and why I say I don't believe Russia is going to stop with the Ukraine. Now, fortunately, right. Crime, Crimea is under NATO protection. The problem is it, Crimea sits on the southern border of Ukraine and has no other nations or state uh, surrounding it. Okay. Right. Ukraine it's, it's is run about water. which means that if Russia succeeds in taking the Ukraine, they they essentially cut Crimea off from all support. Okay, now we already know Putin wants Crimea because he's tried to invade Crimea before. Fortunately, we had a president that was willing to stand up to him a little stronger than just throwing sanctions at him, which as the uh, as the oh, well, Russia, we started out with that. As as the as, exactly that president, we started out with with sanctions, and it didn't look like it was going to go anywhere. But then it, we put a warship in there, in in the Black Sea, and had some you know shots fired. Exactly, not at but each other, but across each other's bow. But you know, the thing is, these th well. these threats, of the these sanctions and threats of sanctions that that we that our president is doing right oh. now. Uh, Russia, the 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 Russian uh, ambassador is at point blank. And these are his exact words. Moscow does not give a shit about your sanctions. So the sanctions aren't going to hold hold uh, Putin off. Okay, and I have no doubt that once if he manages, and I think he he's underestimated his chances in uh, Ukraine because the Ukraine government is willing to arm its citizenry so they can fight back. And their military strength is a lot stronger than I believe Putin anticipated on. But if he manages to succeed in the Ukraine, I can almost guarantee he's going to try for 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 Crimea again next. Uh, probably. I mean, I'm I'm not going to say for certain one one way or the other about that. But I mean. I, I do know that according to some of the stories we've had out there in the past few days, that you know, Putin's also threatened uh, um, military action against, uh, you know, uh, against uh, what is it, uh, Sweden? No, it's Finland. Yeah, Finland and Sweden. Right. I believe it was. Let me take a look at my map over here. I can probably tell you exactly what it was. Well, he he's actually made yeah, some Sweden very. And Finland. There's actually been some very harsh threats, with, like with the. Uh, with the statement of any nation that interferes with our uh, occupation of Ukraine will will face uh, consequences unlike they've ever seen in history. Which is a so, very ambiguous statement. There's it, not really a, a whole lot that you can actually say with that one. I mean, yes, it is ambiguous. Uh, me and Tim do have a differ of opinion in what he's referring to out uh, with that. I personally believe he's threatening... Uh, large-scale nuclear conflict. Um, Tim has another opinion on it. If he wishes to share it, he's more than welcome to. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'll, I'll share that one because, honestly, I, I don't care 
what anyone says about it. He's an ex-KGB guy, which means he's more of a spy, okay, than anything. He's a spy master, essentially. I mean, that's how he survived the fall of the Soviet Union, how he did. He'd have to be at that point in time. Okay, but he's not a Russian sub-captain, which those are the guys that would be, you know, putting me on edge about whether or not they're going to launch nukes or not because they had that power at their fingertips 24-7 for, you know, years at a time. So that's why I'm not so concerned about a nuclear strike from Putin. Okay, I'm, I'm worried about how people react to that. Okay, I'm worried about people reacting to that and taking it the wrong way. What I'm thinking he actually means by it is cyber attacks because right now Russia pretty much has the strongest cyber attack capability of any country around. I mean, just look at what happened to us last year. And, well, and our infrastructure with cyber attacks is supposed to be pretty strong, strong enough that we can ward off stuff from from China, you know. But the thing is, somehow, they managed to hack into our pipeline system and, and our, our meat processing systems and, and cut us off from those for a couple months. Like, seriously? So yeah, that, that's what that says to me. I, and I do, I do agree with you on that. I, it, I believe that the start of anything will be through cyber attacks. We know that pre-invasion of Ukraine, Putin started out with cyber attacks. He started out with false allegations of supposedly Ukraine was, was, was arming up to invade Russia, which is quite frankly a crock. There is no evidence. He's made the claims, but he's presented no evidence to anybody in the world that these claims are actually yeah, legitimate. I I've never, I've not seen any evidence of Ukraine hostility towards anybody. I think they just want to get along and do their own thing. I don't, I've not seen them actually become too militarized. I know that, uh, I mean, on a, on a, you know, particular somber note, uh, the the events of this past week have brought to me a story about uh, about Snake Island, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard about that. There was, I think it was like 14 troops or something like that. It was just a small, a small platoon. Of, of troops garrisoning a, a uh, you know reserve station on Snake Island, and the the island was being blockaded by a destroyer, and the Russians on the destroyer said, you know, give up your arms, surrender, and they were, you know, talking to him on the radio and saying, look, you need to surrender, you know, you're not going to survive if we start bombarding you, and the Ukrainian guys looked at each other, what should I tell them, go f off, and sure enough, they did. The sad part about it is, is that those soldiers, those brave soldiers, lost their lives. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm sitting here. I'm kind of like, you know, at this point in time, you know, I've, my, my wife does a lot of this, you know, extra research for me. She has, you know, several different video apps and all that. She follows a lot of people from around the world, and she has a couple people that she's been following that are in Ukraine and have been watching this t kind of stuff going on and. And then there's even people from Russia that she's, you know, kind of picked up videos from. And the people of Russia are not on board with this. No, no, they, they, they aren't. They but... were told that they were just going in there to seize the portion of land that their citizens were living in, which was in the far eastern portion of Ukraine. And they weren't told that they were going to be going in there and killing people in Kiev. Exactly. And, the, of course, the Russian propaganda news has uh, claimed by order of Putin that uh, that all of Russia is on board with these actions. Yet we see videos of uh, of Russian, even in in the heart of Russia, in Moscow, citizens being arrested for 
peaceful protest. Because yeah, to the it. to the Ukrainian the actions of Russia against Ukraine, the the people so, I mean, of Russia apparently do not want this. No, they don't. They don't back up this military action. They think it was wrong, and that's and that's the unfortunate truth about it, people. And that that's something that I want to point out to everybody. And I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but that's fine. You know, we can be off topic a little bit. We got plenty of time left on this on this broadcast. But um, the 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 thing that I want to kind of point out is is a kind of like a cross referencing here between different nations around the world and how their history has um, portrayed who they are as a people, and especially when it comes to their history of conflicts. Like, for example, India. They're an entirely defensive nation. Right. They've been in a lot of wars in the last hundred years, but they have never been in the war that they started. They've this always is, just defended. This is true. And and that says, and the thing is, is that because of it, they've also been on the defense, they've also won every single war save one war and that was the Indo-Pakistani war and that only reason why you know they didn't win that one is because it was a ceasefire right they have won every other war like hands down they won so when Russia takes these kinds of actions and and for the most part America has only been a defensive country when it comes to that people might be able to argue and say oh well we, we were in desert storm offensively we were in in Afghanistan offensively people could argue well, those things well here I don't I don't I don't align with that I no, think that we were there defensively exactly American soil was a, at least it was was physically attacked by these terrorist organizations. Yeah, for, for it, Afghanistan, it, Desert Storm, Kuwait was our ally. Exactly. So we were. So it we was were still a defense. It was still defensive. We were not there seeking offense. Uh, Afghanistan exactly. was an answer to a direct attack on American soil, uh, which was a was was required. Had we not responded yeah. in the way that we did. Uh, the implications for the future of the United States would have been devastating. We would have we would have been just asking for people to come in and kick in our door. At that exactly, point in time. and I would I would that we had to respond in kind or with more aggression. Than exactly, I would rather us uh, defend our nation on a foreign soil than have foreign armies landing on our soil. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I don't like the scorched earth idea of having to be in a country that is completely war-torn by an invasion. But I also think that I don't think that there's a whole lot of excuse for us to be in certain countries. Well, I I don't um, like and, that, and that's I don't like the idea of non-combatant Americans' lives being put in jeopardy. And that's right. what that's what bringing a, a battle to American soil would 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 cost. It would cost thousands of innocent non-combative American lives. So, I, like I said, I would rather fight for our freedom by uh, if somebody aggresses towards us, returning that aggression on their soil instead of allowing us them to set foot on our soil. That That's absolutely true, and I, I don't disagree with you on any particular point there. But I will say this much. How much you want to bet if there was an invasion here in America, you know, and I'm saying a hardcore invasion, which this kind of segues into the other point of uh, the other point of we are being invaded, but I'll get into that in a second. If if we were actually to have a you know a hot war, boots on the ground invasion within our country, um, 
you know that old saying about you know strong men make easy to make good times good times make soft people soft people make hard times hard right. times make strong people okay let me ask you a question if there wasn't an actual invasion in the united states how much you want to bet all these people that are making very terrible decisions for our country would be a thing of the past after that point in time oh definitely but it, also here's another thing and this is one thing and i know this is going off topic but this is where gun control uh, lobbying and and policies passed by Democrats become so dangerous. One of the things that protect this nation is every nation in the world knows that we have armed citizens. Okay, a gun behind uh, a rifle behind every blade of grass. Exactly. That, uh, and uh, and General, uh, Admiral Yamamoto said, I think it was exactly. Name, it? And that is what keeps our and that is honestly what keeps our enemies at bay. If these progressive leftist ideology of gun control actually follow through and become law and get passed, America becomes to the rest of the world attackable. We become somebody that it can be invaded because our citizens are unarmed. If our police and our military if our police and our military are the only ones with the capability of fighting, you can guarantee we'll we will be facing mass attack from several directions. I mean, personally, I'm I'm always I've always been a fan of a certain war uh, war law being put into effect with our nation. Um, it's something that the Israelis do, and I think that our our nation could benefit from it, especially our younger generation. Um, for one, it would teach them a lot of skills that they just flat out don't have. I mean, I'm not talking about anybody in particular in particular here. Tide pod eaters. Sorry. Excuse me. There. What was that? Was that a cough or a sneeze? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but right. um, our younger generation could benefit from the military discipline that um, a mandatory service law Well, could, uh, you know what? I I do think everybody should serve. I do. But one of the let me let but you have to serve something. Let me let me elaborate here, and, and it, it, it's your it's not going to be in complete agreement with you, Tim. I'm sorry, but. One of the things that makes our military one of the strongest in the world is that we have a 100%, at least at this time, we have a 100% voluntary military. Okay, history has shown that a that people that volunteer for, our, for the military versus nations that have mandatory military service for every citizen once they hurt a certain age, that the volunteer military is better trained and more effective in combat. Well, that that can still be a lot of what happens with our military, even if mandatory service is put into play. See, here's here's the difference between our, our two ideas here. I'm not just talking. You know, th- this is where we're we're differing on this. Is that you might just be thinking I'm just saying mandatory service across the board for a short period of time for everybody, and that's the only way our military functions. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's the initial thing for every American citizen, okay, is mandatory service. Serve a year, two years, four years, whatever, your choice. And that's where the voluntary aspect of it comes. People can still volunteer to become career military guys. And that's where all the extra top-notch training would come from. So our military really wouldn't suffer. We would just have two different t- tiers of military. We'd have the mandatory military stuff, and then we'd have the voluntary military stuff, which is where all of our experts come from. It's where all of our marksmen, our you know top trained people, 
people that can actually go in and get a job done. Yes, but the, the volunteer here's stuff the thing. would just be like the the reserves, you know. Okay, here's That's the all thing. they would be. It's the okay. reserves. Here's here's the th here's the thing. Okay, and I'm gonna I, I'm speaking from military experience. Okay, the backbone of our military is our newer members. The backbone of the military is is the private. Okay, that is the that is private even got deployed. Yes, they do. Okay, I, I I was for certain that our military was a was an army of sergeants. No, it was not. You 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 were only a private as long as you were in basic, and then after that you got PFC or corporal or something like that. Not all. Um, no, it does. It does. It, honestly, it does not work that way. Pri the, there are privates in uh, that after basic training. Uh, you have to spend so much time in service before you're eligible for a promotion to the next rank. You also have to have pretty much outstanding contact within your unit in order to get that promotion. You have to go through a promotion board, have the knowledge and everything else. You have to answer questions, military history, military procedure, etc. So before you get those promotions. So, yes, we do deploy privates to combat. We do deploy privates around the world. Okay. And that is the backbone okay. of our military. That is our main fighting force. Okay. Right. Um, so uh, where so this is why I say a mandatory service, well that would put everybody that is private under the mandatory status. Okay. Which would be speaking. which would be detrimental. Now, one thing I do believe, and it's only again, a technical side effect that I would say. That's why I was saying it's more like reservist rather than actual core military. Well, okay. you know what? Even even when I retire ranks, I would rather be active duty than reservist. So I wouldn't want to be reservist because I'm higher rank. But uh, well, the thing is, transfer to different different branches of military. That's why I'm saying everybody should mandatory serve as a reservist, so that way you get the training, you get a skill set, you get discipline instilled in you, and but you're not taking away from the army, you're not taking away from the the navy, you're not taking away from the marines, you're not taking away from the air force. They're all they're still very highly trained in specific branches, but the reservists would would carry the brunt of the the mandatory side of things but you'd still have the ability to say hey i want to volunteer to become to join the army and you can still get that extra training you can still become that that pinnacle you know sharpest aspect of our military just like everybody else who serves in the army is well see here's the thing away from the overall army even reservist and national guard okay uh regardless of the branch they're reservist or national guard for uh, they go through that branch's regular train, active duty training. Right. So they are right there with the active duty personnel when they're training. Okay. Oh, I, I don't know. Um, but like I said, if you look at world history, uh, combat uh, related history, uh, a volunteer, uh, uh, a volunteer army, and this is what makes our army one of the most powerful in the world because we are a volunteer army. Uh, when we had when we initiated the draft back in Korea and Vietnam, we suffered because of that because we had people fighting well, who did not want to be fighting. Just mandatory. Same difference. Draft back then. Uh, back then, draft, draft is you don't even really no, get that much basic training. You get basic training, and then they put a gun but, in your hands and tell but you. But nonetheless, to go fight a war. draft means military. No. 
when a draft is initiated, that means mandatory service. Okay. Yeah, we had it a, does, but I'm saying it's a different kind of mandatory we, service. We had a mean. we had a lot of people in Vietnam and Korea who did not want to be there, and and we suffered as a result of it. Okay. Yes, but I think our country um, has suffered without it too. So, That's the but, thing, because our our military recruiting numbers have been at the lowest they've ever been in now, the last ten years, we've been at the lowest numbers we've ever been. Now, this stipulation I would put in that uh, because people, both men when they turn eighteen are still required to register through the, for the draft. Well, right. women want equal rights in everything. As such, I think it should be required that women register for the draft. Yes, it is unlikely we will ever see another actual draft <coughs> unless it is U.S. soil that the combat is taking place on. But I don't think, I think it will be U.S. soil, sir. I, I, don't, I don't think there will, we will actually see another draft. But I do think that since men are required to register for a draft, and women always want equal rights, and we do give women equal rights, that part of that equal rights should involve equal consequences, which means women 18 and over should have to register for the draft. I'm doing a little hand signal right underneath my article over here. Right. I think that the draft might happen again. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm, with all due respect, I, I respect your, 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 your viewpoint on it, being ex-military, I, I do. But I also think that uh, there's you're, you're not taking it far enough to see the point that I've already been at here on this, is that I'm not saying that our military would have any detriment to it because the larger aspects of the military, which is the four branches, they, they are larger than the National Guard. They are larger than the reservists, okay, because they get more funding. Yeah, but believe it or not, believe it or not, a lot of times reservists, National Guard is not actually supposed to be deployed overseas. They're supposed to be for the defense National of Guard. Exactly, they are. Yeah. They are a state-regulated uh, uh, military. They 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 fall under the command of the governor of each state. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. But they do become activated on a federal level as well. But by the same token, uh, by the same token, reservists and National Guard are very many times among some of the first that are, are deployed. Absolutely they are. But so, I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying that the National Guard or or the reservists wouldn't take a hit on training standards for a little while, but they would get back up to where they've always been because of the fact that once most people see this is the one thing I understand about psychology that a lot of people just kind of gloss over is that as much as people say that they hate systems or or constructs of of how things have to be done i understand one other thing to it and that that other thing is that most people crave structure well they, like they i crave structure and once they have it it's hard to let go of it so once you have all these people doing mandatory service a lot of them would volunteer to stay on well, which would make the services much stronger and much larger. Uh, that's not altogether okay. true. After after Vietnam, we saw a when when the dra draft ended, we saw a mass exit of soldiers, larger than what we should have. But let me finish. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. The and I, like I said, I'm speaking from somebody with military experience. 
okay? I spent 11 years serving this country, fought in two co- two conflicts, two police actions, okay? Um, but I, w- I, will say, I will say this. From my military experience, from, I used to believe many years ago that in order just to be a be after the age of 18 be considered a citizen you should have to serve i but after serving in the military which i love by the way um and after learning the history of our military uh i have learned that by having a a 100 percent volunteer military it makes us much stronger than it would be if we mixed in non-volunteers and I can say that with certainty, from uh, backed by statistics and by, backed by experience. That that is true. But let me ask you this: how how well do you think our country has fared without that uh, that militaristic discipline in people's lives? You know what? We have a problem with our younger generations. There is no doubt about That's that. That's exactly but what I'm talking. A about. lot of that, a lot of that, is because <laughs> they are not allowed to be disciplined at home any longer. That's okay. exactly what I'm talking but about. So by the same token, kids at home, then okay, take them into the military. By the, mandatory from the, by the, the military same token, so that way they can have some discipline. By the same token, our military is still growing, and we're still getting uh, volunteers from every generation. Okay, so our military not is not nowhere near the large amount of numbers we had years our, ago. Our military is not failing from from lack of mandatory service we still have a a lot of patriotic people that are willing to sign up put their life on the line sign that dotted line that says i will promise for any price up to my life to defend the values of this country okay so i i agree that that we are good because of that but i'm also sitting here saying you know how much better we'd be if our younger generations were actually brought up with structure in their lives and actually had this this understanding of what it's like to fight next to your brothers and sisters you know what that that structure that structure needs to be started in the home and in our education system we took it we, does. We here's took, the problem with that is we that took, not everybody thinks like us. We took teach. We took the teachings of 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 of, of government and civics out of our schools. We took all the classes that taught pride in this nation, and we took it out of our schools. Okay, the our first step before we consider mandatory military service is we need to reinstitute in our homes and in our education system pride and discipline in our homes and education system. Because somebody who... I apologize who, here. My children are being kind of noisy in the background. That's so if my quite all right. Fades out, you know, I'm, I'm just turning my volume down for a second or two. That's quite all right. But pride in our... Like I said, the teaching of these things have to be start at home and in, in school because you cannot take somebody who does not want discipline. You cannot take somebody that, that, that a lot, much of our spoiled entitled generation believes that they shouldn't have to answer to anybody. They shouldn't have to have consequences. We've seen this, uh, and try to make them a soldier. They are going to. They are going to fight against that system, and they are going to fail. And they are initi- They are 
their through their actions and their lack of wanting to be part of that and morale fits factors a lot into this if you have somebody that does not want to be there you run the risk of the entire unit's morale declining uh, a unit with a decline morale becomes ineffective at doing its job I, I totally realize that but we have definitely gotten off topic. We've talked about this particular topic for about 20 minutes now. So <laughs> let's let's move back into our primary. Uh, yes, definitely. Idea. But by, by the way, it was a good topic to get off into. It, it was. So but I, I mean, I, I still have my mandatory thing. I, I still want to see that primarily because of like, you know, other nations that have truly benefited from that. And I'm talking about just in a reservist sense, just in a, a National Guard sense, because for one, those kinds of jobs teach skills, and that's the main reason for it. Because we got a lot of lot of young people today, these days that want to go into government and 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 try to say what restrictions are necessary to keep jobs safe, when they don't have any understanding of what it takes to do that job. So that's why I'm saying those kinds of things that could teach them those skills and actually put their hands on the ground in the dirt, getting dirty with everybody else is doing now, their job. Now, I now, that right there is kind of important. If you're going to start making rules about that job, I think you should have to do that job okay, first. Okay, and the, let's, let's look at that for just a moment. I know it's still off topic, but let's look at that for a brief moment. Okay, to a yeah. point, I can agree with that. I think if you plan, if you plan on getting into... Uh, politics, if you plan on working for a government agency like the Department of Defense or the VA administration, mm -hmm. you mu I, I think you should be required. You have to observe. Yes, you prerequisite for those types of jobs should be that you have to have military service. Okay? I do not believe I do not I do not believe we should have a loser like Joe Biden in office that have ne has never served a day of of military service in his life. Heck, didn't he dodge the didn't he dodge the draft? I believe he did. Okay. Yeah, so he did dodge the draft. I do not believe our commander in chief should become commander in chief without having any military experience. Better okay? yet, I think it should be an automatically disqualifying factor if he dodged the draft. Oh, I you know, agree that, with you. That says that he had a complete complete and utter uh, disdain for this country at that point. Exactly. That's, that's why I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. If he can dodge the draft and then become president, what kind of what kind of sense of patriotism does that really instill in the nation at that point? Exactly. Someone who didn't even want to serve and protect our country became president. Like, are you really going to stand up for our country? I don't think so. And that's exactly what we're seeing here and now. But let's I, get back into this. I want to I want to ask you the question, do you know what Swift is? Uh, I'm I'm honestly, I'm not entirely familiar with the, with, with that acronym. Okay, SWIFT is the global internet uh, interbank system uh, payment system, and what that would do is it would cut Russia off from the overarching monetary system of the West. Now that right there would kind of be like the whole thorn in the lion's foot, so to speak, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to crank up the price of fuel. Which means that if they got kicked out of SWIFT, what would that do? That would shut off the oil tap because then it means he couldn't sell to the West anymore. Because if he's if he's cut off from their banking system, there's no way to get money to him. They're going to turn off that tap. Oh, right, you know? and and Biden has has already addressed uh, 
uh, cutting off the major financial institutions and banks that uh, hold Russian accounts. Right. And, I mean, honestly, I'm not really a fan of this kind of economic warfare kind of thing. Really don't care for it. Honestly, I think it's kind of backhanded. I think it's stupid, and I think it's right on the same line as cancel culture. I, I, honestly, I, I think if you're going to have a fight, just I think the the assholes who start wars are should be the ones that actually I, fight. Them. I, I okay. honestly, uh, to, I, I can, I, and on that, I'll say I, I do agree. I find uh, this type of economical warfare, uh, sanctions and whatnot, uh, uh, they're unpredictable. They're unpredictable. Yes, you have an objective well, you want to. Unpredictable, sure. But let me it's just hold stupid. on. You have you have an objective of oh we want these actions to be consequences for these actions we want them to suffer in this way uh, we believe we're not sure but we think that that's going to deter them well when you have a, 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 a somebody that says point blank we don't give a shit about your sanctions that obviously that's not going to the, the sanctions cease to be a deterrent so. Uh, like I, that's why I say they're unpredictable. You're, you've got your objective that you hope they meet, but there's no guarantee they're going to meet them. It depends on the resolve of the person you're putting the, the, uh, the, the sanctions against, and Russia, and Russia particularly, not the entire country, because we see, as we mentioned earlier, we see there are protests in Russia by Russian citizens against this action. But the resolve of the Russian government is to take the Ukraine. So if they if their resolve is stronger than ours, it doesn't matter what sanctions we put into place, they're going to push through. We can only hope at this, and they are pushing through. We can only hope at this point that those sanctions, along with our military forces on the NATO borders of Ukraine, prevent Russia from pushing any further. Well, see here's let me let me let me uh, let me get into why I think that this whole sanction warfare or sanction <coughs> fair as I'm going to call it is just stupid and backhanded and wrong. There's a reason why I think that, and I'm not just saying that because you know whatever stupid reason most people would think of. I actually have a very legitimate reason for saying that if I ever became president, I would never use sanctions ever, like against anybody, because honestly. To use sanctions on another country, the reason why I say it's wrong is because think about it like this. You have a terrorist run into a bank or a, a, a building of some sort and hold people hostage so that way you can get your demands met. This is no different. Sanction fare is no different than doing that. So that would make us terrorists by being sanction fares. Right. Waging sanction warfare. That is exactly what terrorists do. When they don't like what you're doing, they run into a building full of people and they hold those people hostage until their demands are met. That is exactly what sanctions do. That is wrong. Okay. The reason why it's wrong is if you have a gripe with someone, put a bullet in their head. That's warfare. That is honest to God warfare. That is and honest. That is upfront. That solves the issue. It's direct. It's the hammer on the nail. And Boom. this. And this. And this is why I have a problem with one of my biggest problems right now with Biden is the he, he exhibits nothing but incompetence and weakness. 
And the reason I say that, why why did it, why has Russia waited till now to make try to make, try to annex any territory besides Crimea? Okay, why? Because in the past, in the past, even under Barack Obama, as pathetic as he was, as pro-Islam as he was, every president has made it clear. If you do not comply and you do something that puts the United States at risk, there will be severe consequences more than just hitting your pocketbook. Okay, two of the greatest, two of the greatest presidents we ever had in in my lifetime, at least. Okay, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail from li- any liberals that listen about this, but two of the greatest presidents was Reagan and Trump, and that's because yes, they used a strong arm. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't go and aggressively attack other people. But the, if you struck out against the United States, they answered with equal or higher violence. They said, "Okay, you're going to mess with us. We're going to bomb the shit out of you." That it's it's that simple. And we had a strong foreign policy that told the rest of the world, "Do not excuse my language, but do not fuck with America." We don't have we don't portray that me- message under Biden. As I said in my podcast the other day, the world is uh, leaders. Let's put it in the uh, terms of a pack of wolves. Okay, the pack of wolves. If uh, in in wolf society, if the alpha male, which is has been up until this point, the United States becomes old, sick, and weak. The other wolves will begin to gang up on that alpha male to remove him as alpha and instill another alpha. Okay. Well, I got news for you. The 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 wolf pack is turning on the alpha male because our alpha male is a weak, incognitive, pathetic excuse for a president. And that would be Joe Biden. Yeah. Let me give you the flip side of the coin though. Okay, and just let me finish this topic here because we got plenty of other topics we got got to get to, and we're still on topic number one. So <laughs> let me let me let me give you the flip side of the coin here, and then we got to move on to the next topic because it kind of plays into this. So here's here's what I really think is going on, and this is this is based on a lot of different information that I've gotten from very reliable sources. No, before you ask, it's not Glenn Beck. Okay, um, wasn't going to ask, but okay. Lot. <laughs> it was from a lot of very reliable sources. Now, I watch things coming out of Wall Street Journal. I watch things coming out of all sorts of different financial sectors. Now, China is looking to displace the United States dollar. And the United States dollar, what is it based on, right? That's the one question that everybody tries to ask, and I haven't really ever had a really good answer for it. But I then I started to realize it's based off of oil. Right. It's, it's called the petrodollar. And the reason why it's called the petrodollar is because it's based off of oil. It's based off of black gold. Exactly. So take, we took our money off of gold and put it on black gold as the, the value currency for exactly. it. Exactly. So, even our social security even our social security and veterans benefits, the cost of living increase that recipients of those receive every year is literally based the the the, the amount that we receive, the percentage that we receive is based on on what oil prices is per gallon or per barrel. Right, and so 
Now, I guess I guess the one strategy the United States or Biden could be playing at with this whole thing is, hey, let's let's bleed Russia dry. Well, Russia has oil reserves on par with what we have in Alaska. Okay, and we have a lot in Alaska, more than the Saudis have. So, my whole point in in this, and and it's not really the whole point, but the beginning portion of this point is that this whole thing is about oil and it's not just about Nord Stream 2 it's about oil in the larger streak of things exactly because they are trying to displace our ability to have our debt based system with our currency now the reason why that's important to recognize because of the one way that we could fight Russia in this that isn't sanctions related okay but it would completely make every play that both China and Russia make in the coming 10 years completely impotent. Because why is China playing so hard for Taiwan? Why are they threatening Taiwan? Exactly. It's not because and of the, because of the, the technology level of Taiwan. It's because of oil. Exactly. In and the they're, South China Sea. And with him saying that there are signs that Russia and China have actually been working together, uh, uh, and China has just decided to let Russia go first in, with their invasion into the Ukraine to see how it plays out. They want to see the United States' reaction and the rest of the world's reaction. But make no mistake, depending on how Biden finally ends up handling this will depend on whether I, China activates and tries to invade Taiwan. If we come off, if we if we come off weak and unable to or unwilling to defend our allies, then I can promise you Taiwan will be next invaded by China. Well, there's more to it than that. Like I said, I don't even think that matters that much. And the reason why I don't think it matters that much is because what has been going on in Europe for the longest time now, and what this whole thing is kind of over. It's about Nord Stream 2, right? Or this is what everybody's saying. Right. It's about Nord Stream 2. Well, Germany just last week, before before Ukraine was even invaded, before Vladimir Putin even said he was going to invade, okay, Germany went ahead and uh, down-checked, like completely set, canceled all their contracts with Nord Stream 2, which is exactly where the pipeline was going to come into was Germany. Okay? Right. So when they did that, when they did that, they uh, they kind of said what was going to be, and that's why Russia went ahead and pulled the trigger, because I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make the oil tap get shut off. I don't think they're worried about keeping it on. I don't think Putin's worried about keeping it on. That's why he said, your sanctions don't mean anything to me. Exactly. Because he wants us to turn it off. He wants us to kick him out of SWIFT. He wants us to do that so that way China can kick off their side of things and then displace the United States dollar because they are the only ones producing oil. Well, not only, not only that, uh, I think in, in Putin's eyes, our taking that kind of action makes us, in his eyes, the bad guys, so he's justified in it, so he feels justified in everything he does. I don't think justification means anything to him. He's KGB, dude. He doesn't care. He used to put shoots up people's fingernails. Oh, true. He doesn't care about justification or morality. Neither does China. They're torturing people. They're they're forcibly removing people's organs while they're still alive. Right. They don't care about morality. It doesn't mean a darn to them. This is about forcing everybody else into a situation 
where we do exactly what they want what they want us to do and that is turn them uh, turn off the oil spigot and force them out of swift which then would make them have the only capability to produce oil between the south china sea and russia right now with our oil taps being shut off in america right. and pipelines being shut off in america we're not producing oil so we have no backstop we have no hedge against them doing this that makes us vulnerable that means Joe Biden is literally the greatest threat to this country. I, more than, more I, than Putin is. I fully, Xi Jinping. I fully agree. And Biden said him, himself, oh, has already confirmed that as high as gas prices are, they're going to go even higher because uh, because right. our, our, our protest That's of the, the Ukraine invasion right has to, we have to sacrifice, which means prices at the pump are going to go higher. You know what, Biden? Here's the thing, and I'm going to put this out to the entire Democratic Party and Biden in particular. We do not have to make a sacrifice of that. Get off your ass, quit being an idiot, and reinstitute our pipeline that we were running. Reinstitute the pipeline that you shut down that cost millions of Americans and Canadians their employment. Right. Right. Because why should we have to sacrifice here? The only reason why we're having to sacrifice here is because Biden said we had to stop building the pipeline. Well, let me ask everybody else. Let's let's cross some wires here and get people really pissed off at us. I'm begging to do this. Right. Okay. So who who is who are we always been claiming since the beginning of this whole campaign with Joe Biden? Okay. Who have we told everybody? And his own son's laptop is confirmed. And multiple people from his from his own business dealings and his son's business dealings confirmed. Who have they been doing business with? Oh, hmm, China and Russia. Exactly. So so they're all in on this. They're trying to do this to what? Make America go broke, to destroy this nation. That's why they're doing this. That's why Joe Biden immediately, first day he was in, canceled our pipeline, canceled our, our, our energy independence. That's that, what this is for. Exactly, and that's why I'm saying to the entire Democratic Party and Biden, quit sacrificing our economy, reinstate things like our pipeline, reinstate po- whether you like Trump's policies or not, he had a lot of good policies that need to be reinstated for the sake of our economy. Our economy was actually in and was increasing and in full recovery under the Trump administration. Biden gets into office cancels Trump policy and what has happened to our economy as a result of the pipeline oh, being nice. shut down, as a result of the, the, uh, of the COVID virus, I mean, which was exaggerated, by the way, and there's, there is undeniable proof that the, that the COVID effect was, was exaggerated, but it has crippled oh, yeah. American economy, and you expect us to continue making sacrifices for your own personal agenda? You're an asshole, Biden! Well, I, I don't so much think that uh, that COVID crippled anything, <laughs> and and I, I'm going to say this honestly, I don't think cripple, COVID crippled anything. I say, well, I, I say, I say it crippled because Democrats used that as an excuse to shut down businesses. Okay, right. unless you were here's, classified here's as essential. I, I think this whole thing is a Politburo effect. You know, the whole reason why the Soviet Union, you know, broke and broke down and fell the way it did is because all of their entire understanding about their nation at the highest levels was based upon the lies they tell themselves right that we're doing so much better than what we really are that our deficit isn't that high that this is not really no no those numbers are not not that bad we actually those those numbers are actually better because they were always trying to meet quotas 
So they just penned it in saying that they were. Eventually, the weight of that missing number that they thought they had that they didn't actually have broke their backs. And that's what we're, we're dealing with here, is that the COVID numbers got so high that they broke our back. They broke our will. But the fact of the matter is the COVID numbers weren't actually that high. No, they were. They were. Uh, matter of fact, I knew a doctor that worked here at one of the local hospitals in the emergency room that actually resigned because he was ordered by his bosses, who were ordered by the government, if you encounter a death that is undetermined or anything dealing with the respiratory system, it is to be declared as a COVID death. The numbers right. were intentionally inflated to cause a panic. I don't I don't deny that this has been a pandemic. I have known quite a few people that have gotten COVID. I've also known a couple that have died, but I also know a lot more that have recovered. Okay. But the deaths, while there were deaths, and I will admit that because I've known a few that I can confirm actually had COVID and died as a result of secondary complications from the disease okay right, uh, no, I, I get that but the numbers were intentionally inflated to create a disaster it's and what it, exactly and what is what is it that uh, that that uh, uh, Pelosi always says you're wasting an opportunity to use a crisis exactly so they used the crisis to literally cripple our economy they shut that they shut down our small businesses, shut down some large businesses. A lot of our small businesses will never recover from the shutdown, will never reopen their doors. And that was the Democrats doing. No, it wasn't it wasn't directly COVID's fault, but it was an effect of the panic caused by COVID. That's why I, that's why I said uh, because of the COVID crisis. Right. So I mean, this whole this whole crisis that we're currently in, though, because this is a crisis. This isn't just a war with with between Ukraine and Russia. This is a a, a global energy crisis. Exactly. Oh, and the I reason fully why it's agreed. an energy crisis is because for the last two decades, and this is recordable on all sorts of different websites out there that that deal with um, energy resources and and giving people raw numbers of what we have versus what we don't have. Europe, for the last two decades, has been steadily drifting away from nuclear power. Now, why, that, why that's such a big deal is because of what this whole thing is over here, which is oil and, and natural gas, it's fossil fuels, which they're also, according to the Paris Agreement, trying to get away from. So this whole thing smells to me of a planned crisis, a wag the dog moment. Have you ever exactly. seen Exactly. Oh, uh, no, I haven't, but I do agree with you. And uh, the Just thing common, is that you know, I've never seen it, but... Um, but the the thing is that this crisis that manufactured or not causes uh, an oil crisis, a fuel crisis, energy crisis, causes economic crisis because of the well, simple I mean, fact. COVID, we, we both call that a pandemic. So, I mean, we already know that artificial right. crises can cause real world effects. And, and that's, the, that's the problem. And, and there there is evidence now that uh, which has been discussed that that, yes, uh, Fauci did know what research was going on on that virus and knew that the virus, I forget the term they use for it, but I'm just going to say that that Our virus was, or whatever. that I know that that virus was being weaponized and Fauci, oh, yeah, yeah. Fauci was, uh... was behind 
finance the, some of the financial support for weaponizing that virus. Well, so apparently so was the CIA. Exactly. And, and that's the, the second in command to Peter Daszak um, went on and, and did an interview with Glenn Beck uh, just this morning, actually. I, I saw the, the premiere for it. And, uh, yeah, he was straight up saying, yeah, the CIA knew about it. Everybody knew about it. And now the CIA has been smearing his name left and right, telling him that, oh, you're, you're, you don't have any facts right. Well, dude used to work directly alongside Peter Daszak. Well, true, he was but like he was a partner in it. Let's be honest. That that has been the action of our Department of Justice, like the CIA, Homeland Security, and all that. And the actions of our Democratic Party is to uh, basically try attempt, in spite of fact, to discredit anybody who exposes them for the traitors and liars that they are. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's obvious. But I want to jump over to this other other topic here because we got we're kind of yeah. Let's move on. Time and we haven't we haven't gotten very far here. I want to jump on to the uh, finalized critical mi- mineral list because I think there's a point in here that uh, that is very important to the discussion we have been having, and it's a good segue into the next topic after that. Um, so in 2018, we had a, a approved list of of uh, things that that are economy was to be focused on it was a 2018 uh, critical mineral list well apparently the new list for 2020 excludes several critical minerals from that list and that include those minerals include helium and uranium uh, now, let what's me, so important about helium and uranium let me hold on let me point out as he's getting into this Republicans have been trying to uh, vehemently object against this new list. Uh, Democrats Democrats have gone ahead and managed somehow to push it through. And and I mean the reason why they're they're going against this list isn't because they don't want these minerals to be produced right here in the U.S. It's because they do want them to be produced here in the U.S. Exactly. Now, now here's the reason why it's important is because uh, the Energy Act of 2020 excludes fuel minerals from the definition and I'm, I'm reading from the article here um, from the definition of critical minerals and uranium is used as a fuel while yeah. uranium has important non-fuel uses it is a major major fuel commodity in the United States mm-hmm. which was expanded from 30, uh, 35 to 50 minerals explaining the motive for critical mineral list Trump's executive order um, 13817 states that it shall be the policy of the federal government to reduce the nation's vulnerability to disruptions in the supply of critical minerals which constitutes a strategic vulnerability for the security and prosperity of the United States. Um, Senator John uh, Barrasso of Wyoming, he's a Republican, ranking GOP member of the Senate Committee on Energy and Natural Resources, voiced concern over the finalized list in light of U.S. reliance or potential reliance on Russia and its allies for uranium and helium. As of 2020, the United States has imported virtually all of its uranium, according to the Energy Information Administration, EIA. In 2020, Russia and Kazakhstan, an ally of Russia, supplied 38% of U.S. uranium. Now, why is that a huge issue? Because of Oak Ridge. Right. We have our own uranium production here. Now, why is this a bigger issue? Oh, the Clinton syndicate ring a bell? Anybody? 
Well, exactly, exactly. And I will uh, let let's look at let's look at this for what it is. Okay, basically, by instituting this, it's an end run around to get their green new deal in the uh, foot in the door. That's what it is. It's an end run. And it's it's also basically a, a sweetheart deal for Vladimir Putin. It is. From, it really is. From the uh, the uh, Clinton Foundation, essentially, because that's who paid for it. And this is this is why I think, and, and going back, that Russia doesn't care about our sanctions because they know we've got these deals in place for their uranium and whatnot, their oil. So they know and we're getting their oil too. Exactly. That's, that's what I just said. For it. So they know the sanctions basically mean diddly squat. Right. Because they can just turn the oil tap off. Or exactly. And they know if they say, okay, well, you're going to put sanctions against us. We're not going to give you that's, any more oil. Unless Biden that's the is, main reason why Vladimir Putin quieted down and stayed, you know, stayed as, as modest as a mouse during the Trump years is because we didn't need them. Exactly. Okay. But now under the Biden administration with his weakness he uh, Russia's taking full Only advantage of it player now because we need them more than they need us exactly funny how that works isn't it ah. so I mean it, like I said this is all just a ru- end run to get the get to get the green New Deal foot in the door and I hope mm-hmm. to underhandedly without the American people realizing it push their 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 green New Deal agenda through Right. Um, so that, that kind of comes into the next topic, though, about uh, the the Biden nominees. Okay. Now that that, <coughs> that that's that's important is because of one we've seen the new nominee uh, for Supreme Court, which let's let's face it, these Supreme Court nominees that they're trying to put in are all basically buffer zones against anything that we can do, because for for personal. Uh, you know, personal um, gratification, I guess you could say, or, or uh, basically making it so that way I'm looking better to you guys out there. I don't do it for that purpose, but more or less, we can say it's like that. Um, I've been working a lot with my senators here in Wisconsin to make Wisconsin energy independent from the uni- rest of the United States. Well, okay. yeah, if you if you look, uh, speaking of Supreme <clears throat> Court, if you look, our Democratic Party has been actively pushing for current Supreme Justices to retire using, oh, Biden, Biden's, they know Biden's not going to be in office long, and they've even said it. Biden's not going to be here for long. You need to retire. Why do they want him right. to retire? So they can put their own players into those seats. And it's not just Democratic Party. It's it's their their justice now, which is a 501c3 or a supposed 501c3, um, organization that accepts money from big money, including people like George Soros, exactly, uh, and Henry Vice, and people from the World Economic Forum, which you exactly. guys know those and, are the ones pushing the Green New Deal. And by the way, they are also major funders of the DNC. Yes, they are. I mean, I think that's where ninety percent of their money's come from. Even Bill Gates is in on this this whole round of justice now. Yeah. Which, hey. Guys, didn't you know Jen Psaki worked for Justice Now for uh, for a long time? Okay, as she wasn't actually on their roles as as a hireling. <laughs> she worked for them in their part time, so they don't have to actually keep her on the list of employees. Right. 
that's exactly where she came from. And did you guys also know that she, uh, she is now she's not only just the White House press secretary. She's also the uh, spokesperson for the the um, secret uh, for the for uh, she's also a, spokes, a spokesperson for the State Department. Exactly. Like, wow, wow isn't, isn't that crazy? And wow. uh, I'm I'm sorry. Can we all say conflict of interest? Um, having her filling both roles is a direct conflict of interest to you to to, I mean, to to America it really is I mean the, honestly Joe Biden is a conflict of interest well I will grant you that but uh, I mean so how is it going to make a difference if Jen Psaki is but Biden you, himself is a conflict of I interest. fully agree but I believe I, I still hold to the belief that Joe Biden is nothing more than a puppet for China I mean, God knows. Be it for China, be it for the Democratic Party, he's still a puppet. I believe that oh, the... He's, he's fully a puppet for, I, I believe, for China. I, I fully believe that, but I also believe that the, that the higher echelon of the DNC is the ones really calling the shots. And they're pulling his string saying, you're, this is what you're going to do. Like it or not. Honestly, I think the entire DNC is is nothing but a bunch of puppets. I don't think that there's anybody in the DNC that's actually in control. I think it's other people, and that's that's my personal view on it because I've because of what I've seen. I can't unsee what I have seen. Yeah, well, with, with you know, as, as much with, as everybody says it's probably a conspiracy theory, I can't see the things that I I can't unsee the things that I have seen, and that tells me that there's nobody in the DNC that's actually in control of anything, including AOC. Exactly. I mean, with how much money, uh, how much Soros money has been sunk into the DNC, you don't think he's calling some of the shots? Come on. Oh, I think it goes all the way to the World Economic Forum. To be honest with you, I well, think like Al Gore, let, let's and, be and, uh, the guy over BlackRock. That's let's be DNC. let's let's be honest. Listed or not, I can guarantee you, Soros is involved with that. Oh, absolutely. I I, I think he is too. I mean, come on, Tides Foundation and and, and the, the Tides Foundation and uh, uh, Dominion Voting Systems being in the same building, headquartered in the same building in in, in Quebec. Like, are you kidding me? That's kind of like. Smoking gun right there. Exactly. So I mean, you know. I mean, do we yeah. actually do we actually need to put up a neon sign uh, 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 with with it's, with it's an not, arrow point with an arrow point? Party of Soros. Exactly. Do we actually need to put up a, a, a <laughs> do we actually need to put up a, a neon sign with an arrow pointing that says here, uh, similar to the Bug Bunny cartoons? They they just need to rename their party to from DNC to POS, right? And that's Party of Soros, also piece of piece shit. of shit. But you know exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ted Cruz is doing a good job. He's he's holding up the nominees because of what Biden isn't doing, because economic sanctions, economic sanctions, economic sanctions. But here's the thing, it ain't gonna mean a darn. If we don't get ourselves energy independence back, okay, it's not going to mean a darn thing until we go after what's really important, the oil. Well, here's that's the thing. Yes. I say that. That's what Afghanistan was about, technically. That's what Iraq was about. It's what the whole thing in the Middle East was about the last 20 years, was yeah. oil. Well, here's the, the thing. The is, if we don't go after this oil, it's going to be a bad thing for right. the country. But here's you the know. thing, and, and I, I, I'm sure you're going to get into this, but uh, 
Uh, I'm looking at the article right now. It's but Cruz has done an outstanding job of holding up no- nominees in order to, but he um, and I don't entirely agree with the deal that he made. I I agree we need sanctions against the the company that was making Nord Stream two, but he dropped his he he made the agreement that if these sanctions were put in place against Nord Stream two, that he would stop holding up the Biden nominees. So he has That's dropped okay. his hold on him. It's 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 that may be that may be the whole thing, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, he he is doing a really good job in saying, look, you need to start paying attention to what's really going to work. You know what he's saying about he's going to stop the nominations is meaning he's going to filibuster a personal filibuster of the nominations. It means he's going to talk until they all go home. Yes, but if you fine. if you look at this he article. Exactly. Not hold it up. But if you look at this yeah. article, if you look at this article, Cruz, it's it's headlined. Cruz drops holds on Biden nomination. That means he's uh-huh. uh, Biden. Pa, Pat Biden instilled the sanctions, so Cruz has agreed he will not block the nominations now. Yeah, he will not block the nominations. Doesn't mean he has to vote for him. I personally, I I, I think that was a bad agreement to make. It may have been a bad agreement to make, but the fact of the matter is, is that hey, he's going after the right thing. This is kind of showing what the actual target is. Because okay? and the, the reason target is the oil. The reason that I say this is bad because Cruz is one of our most, our our strongest Republican representatives, and yeah, uh, and the majority of the Republican Party, regardless of who is the minority leader right now, tend to follow Cruz's lead. Most of them do. I think there's uh, there's only one person who might be considered more of a leader, and honestly, he doesn't get as much um, coverage as he should, as I think he's actually, um, you know, worth to the American people, and that's uh, Senator Kennedy. Right. I think he deserves a lot of. I think he deserves a lot of kudos because I mean he brings he brings the hardball questions. Oh yeah, he he is. I've watched him hundreds of times. He is amazing. He is absolutely brutal, and he doesn't care about whoever the chairman is. He has no problem putting people in their place. And the best part is he's so polite when he's just reaming these people. Uh, Exactly, exactly. He basically (laughs) he makes them look like idiots because they're getting aggressive, shouting him down, and. He's just being as sweet as cotton candy. Oh, but here's the thing. He, that means he has mastered He has mastered the one thing that uh, Churchill oftentimes described, and that is the art of tact. Exactly. And that is the art of telling someone to go to hell in such a way as they'll be looking forward to the trip. Exactly. I mean, honestly, <laughs> in my opinion, while Cruz is a major leader of the Republican Party, in my opinion, yes. Kennedy is a powerhouse he's for the a party. Rock star. I mean, yeah. he, he's a rock star. Well, they right both are, they both are to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if uh, if either one of them run for president, uh, I'd be hard pressed to decide which one I wanted in office. I think Kennedy doesn't want it though. He's he's seen too much, you know, going with his uncles and stuff. So, you know. And I, like, I'm going to stay away from that. I'll pers- be a senator. Personally, if if Trump does not run in 2024 or his daughter does not I run. I hope Cruz runs again if Trump I, does not run. I hope Cruz runs. I w- now, granted, if, if, if it's a choice between Cruz and Trump, 
I still have to go with Trump. I think Trump was railroaded. I think he deserves another I'd, term. I'd feel like it, I'd feel like you know Twilight Zone if that happened. Honestly, I would. Because I mean, back during twenty twenty elections, uh, during the you know twenty sixteen elections, I'll tell you right now, I was all for Cruz at the very beginning, hundred percent for Cruz. And when he lost the primary against Trump, I. I was one of the first people to say, okay, solidarity. we got to stand with Trump because Trump, in this case, was the lesser of two evils. Trump versus well, Hillary. Oh, granted, yeah. granted, but and I... All I, of a sudden, I, Trump became this really awesome president. I was like, hell yeah. We, we I'm, right one, I'm, one of the, <laughs> I, I'm one of these people just from observing in my lifetime. And like I said, in my opinion, Reagan and Trump were our two greatest greatest presidents Okay, yeah, no, in I, my I, lifetime. And, that, that, and as such, I have the view that non-career politicians are the best choice for running this country. Right. Okay. I mean, especially in yes. the position of president. Yes. I think that Reagan, Reagan, Reagan had some previous political experience, but he was not a career politician. No, no, he was not. No, he was by far and not a career politician. I think career, poli- I think career politicians is the problem with this nation. That's why I am a firm supporter on on the states calling a whatever that 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 thing is I, that I, I to impose term anymore actually I, I believe that we do need to impose term limits on on Congress and the Senate just like we have on mayors governors and even the president there so, needs to be term I mean, limits I, I, I honestly used to be 100% on that bandwagon. I've only got one foot in it these days because, honestly, I don't think that's actually the real problem. I think we like to say that's the real problem, but I don't think that's the real problem. Well, uh, this is why I... You, you want to know what I think is the real problem? What's that? Career bureaucrats. Dr. Fauci. Well, not... Career bureaucrats that make their entire life off of building fiefdoms that they alone rule from. Well, like Dr. Fauci. You know, but it's not only the bureaucrats. Look at Pelosi, how many decades she's been in office. Her entire lifetime she's been in office. And she yeah, has. But de- why, why is she able to stay in office like that? She has ultimately destroyed. Career her bureaucrats. Di- she has ultimately destroyed her district and still convinces them for, for to, to keep voting for her. She, uh, why do you think that is? And, and, the, and, the, and here's a big problem. Okay. Strangely enough, all these politicians, as career politicians, become millionaires. They wanna, they wanna, they wanna right. audit somebody who was a millionaire, a billionaire before he went into office. But nobody wants to look at the at, at the and audit the financial and find out how these politicians that have been in the, for a lifetime on a measly uh, three-digit salary a year have managed to become millionaires. And most of the people that refuse to do those audits are career bureaucrats. So I think that's the thing that needs term limits, is that I think people need to be limited to how long they can work in government in those bureaucratic facilities. Oh, I agree. Fox, I, think, Fox, I think that they need to go out in the private sector after a while and just be like, okay, this is where you're working at now. You're not allowed to be in government anymore because you worked your limit. I agree, okay. with, I agree with that, but... The thing is with the with the term limits on Congress and Senate, we have seen from uh, unfold even in our lifetime that the longer you serve, what what is it that they say? Uh, power power corrupt. The longer you serve, the more captured by the system you are. 
Exactly, and the more corrupt you become. That's why we've got all. That's why we've what got. Mean, the, that's why the swamp is as nasty as it is right now. But I, I also think that the swamp consists of career bureaucrats because that's the whole reason why nobody looks into Nancy Pelosi. That's the whole reason why nobody bothered looking into Dominion and kept refusing to look into uh, Dominion. And, that's and, the whole reason why we had the Mueller case come up, the whole Russia hoax. Thing. I don't that's I don't the whole reason for all of these things. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. Bureaucrats. I'm not disagreeing with you because it is because private interest groups that are run by bureaucrats that are funding the things yeah. that, the, that, that our politicians are doing. But nonetheless, our politicians are allowing themselves to accept I this. I there needs to be laws against the, politicians our, our politi later. Our politicians are allowing these bureaucrats and private interest groups to pass and accepting their quote-unquote dark money. And, right. I mean, and that's that's been a big part of the problem. And so we need to we need to establish limits for people to, to to serve in government offices, right down to Congress and Senate, DOJ, DOD, all the whole yeah. nine yards. With that, though, I don't think that we need to extremely restrict them, like oh, only two terms or four terms. I think we just need to say, okay, you can only serve a maximum of like uh, like. 20 years in a public office where you're elected to it. I think that should be the max, no matter what, whether it, it's whether, and it goes across all chambers. And what, you know, just exactly. As, as Congress, as and, Senate, I mean, and, in total. And once you max out, you should be ineligible yeah. for like, I, I, uh, you I, should I, not, you should not be allowed, once you max out, you should not be allowed, well, I've been a congressman for 20 years now, I'm going to go over to the Senate. No, I think, I think I once think you, you max out, like, you okay, max out. You know, divvy it up between state and federal. I think you should be able to do that, where, where it's basically on the federal level as as a whole, where it's like you got twenty years on the federal level and that's it. But you can go to your state. You can go to your state and work for your for your actual people of your state. You know, I think that mm. should be allowed, honestly, because I don't think that can hurt anybody. I, I really I, don't. I'm sorry, but can you see somebody like Pelosi becoming the president or the governor of California? No, I'm sorry. Happen, I, I I mean, it, can, I can you can you picture what would happen to California if that ever occurred? Yeah, but I don't I don't see that. I mean, California anymore. is steadily under her gu guidance as a senator oh, or as a congresswoman, becoming a third world country, for lack of a better term. So if she was ever to become oh. governor, God help that state. I pity yeah, every I one of them. I don't see that happening. I really don't. But she's here, like out of San Francisco. I agree. A bunch of weird but people anyway. under, but uh, but under what you're saying, okay, they can go from con Congress and serve their state. Then it could become a not maybe not a probability, but a possibility. Okay, so your your microphone is starting to cut out there a little bit, and my sons are being loud. But we've only got a few minutes left, so I want to get to this uh, this next story here because I think this is where we're going to round out to. Um, and this is uh, the last one I think that we're going to have for the day because we're already at an hour and a, uh, almost close to an hour and a half here, and this should be pretty fast. And that is Florida House passes parental rights in education bill. First off, I want to say I think this is a move in the right direction, but I also think this was an unnecessary move. In the grand scheme of things, kind of unnecessary, but I think it is still at this point in time. Yes, and, and Florida, Florida State for passing this, you deserve this. I know my, my co-host isn't going to hear it, but... Anyhow, I don't oh, think yeah, it's in So uh, you deserve that clap and that applause because, I mean, and this is, uh, folks, 
yes, the Democrats, as I've mentioned before, are trying to hijack uh, uh, Republican po- talking points. But in spite of uh, Democrats trying to claim this, this is a Republican platform, started as a Republican platform, that the Democrats are now trying to hijack. The Democrats are the ones standing up for parental rights, standing against the Dem- the Democrats wanted to call anybody who stood up to their school board uh, as terrorists. Okay, now they're right. jumping on, now they're jumping on board and saying, oh, we need to restore the parental rights. Well, the de- the Republican Party is who started this. So Right. Do not be fooled by the Democrats trying to hijack our ta- our points here, by Democrats trying to hijack our platform. This is not a Democratic platform. It is a Democratic adaption to try to fool you into into fall into believing that they are on top of everything. Okay. Right. I mean, did you catch what I said earlier, Troy? There, your microphone was kind of going in and out there, getting some interference. Um, but the, the, the story here is a uh, Republican-backed measure, HB 1557, um, passed the House 69 to 47, with mostly Republican so- uh, support. So it means there was a couple of Democrats on there. There are some Democrats in, in Florida that aren't completely captured by the left, which I think that's true of any state, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not going to say that all Democrats are idiots, but a good, good chunk of them are. I, I'd have to say that, um, the sp- particularly the ones that lean more to the left. Right. They're usually pretty cuckoo. I mean, insane asylum being ran by the inmates instead of the instead of the therapist, you know. Um, so that that's something that's really good for parents, I think, uh, is is to have a have a law that backs them up. And, but and, I also sit here and say, why is this necessary? And I do want to. Why is this necessary? I do want to. Pull- already outlined in state law that school boards do not trump parents. Exactly, and I do want to point out that a lot of things in this bill, there's been misinformation that's been put out that it has been fact-checked and contradicted. Okay, such as uh, the left community, the LGBT community, was claiming that this bill bans using the word gay in a classroom when it doesn't. The fact of the matter is, and this is what parents want and parents deserve, is it bans classroom instruction on gender identity or sexual orientation, which means it stops the indoctrination of saying just because a boy plays with dolls, he must be gay. It bans them saying because a girl likes to work on cars, she's actually a boy. Oh, sorry about that. My children decided to start freaking out there for two seconds. I, I heard that. that. I'm sure our listeners will understand. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have children, so they will be compassionate towards that situation. (laughs) I I certainly hope so. And folks, folks, just so you know, just so you know, the reason that we we wind up with these disturbances is because we actually each broadcast out of our own homes. That's why once in a while you'll hear my dog barking or his children screaming. So bear with us on those things. Uh, this is why yes, we, we, we. This is why we encourage really appreciate you. Appreciate everybody's patience on this. That, is, yes. This is why we encourage you to hit the like, follow, subscribe buttons, donate buttons, or visit our shop for official merchandise, uh, so that we can improve our studio quality and eliminate some of these background noises. 
Yeah, I mean, I, as soon as I can get to it, I'm I'm going to be doing a lot of remodels to the house. And one of those remodels is to set my studio up in a different area of the house or maybe even one of the outbuildings that we're planning on building here. Um, so once that comes along, that's when things will improve, but that's probably not for another year at least because so, we just don't have the money right now to do all those fixes. So, so like I said, we are, we, we are genuinely re asking you to make donations or shop on the yes. Rant Reloaded for official merchandise therantreloaded.com that's also where you can make your donations at it, those donations will go to both shows not just mine and not uh, just the rant reloaded but we are asking for your for donations even in the amount of a dollar uh right. the, I mean, the old saying every penny helps and these platforms uh supporting these uh, these platforms that we broadcast over do cost us money and so if you if you feel generous, you'd like to help out, please hit those buttons, come and donate, or just buy some of our official merchandise. You don't want to donate at least with the purchase of the official merchandise. Uh, basically, we're, we're and we're not and you will we will list you if you donate as a Patreon of this show. So yeah, that's that's one thing I'm planning on doing is setting up a Patreon account for Return of Veritatis. So I don't have that quite up there yet, but I will be getting that together for everybody here soon. But until then, let me tell you the best ways you can support my end of the show, um, because he lives in uh, he lives in New Mexico, I live in Wisconsin, so we don't really share the same bank account on this stuff. Which no, we but might that someday. But but I can assure you, everything everything that is donated to the Rant Reloaded will be used to improve both ends of the spectrum both both uh so th because we are both on this saturday night special so both so the money you donate is for both um but the best way you can support our shows is to actually go and listen to the the podcast on on his end and then also on my end if you want to go and watch the show and the documentation i put up on the uh, the video feed because i always try to present that i present the receipts as best i possibly can I don't go through all of the articles because a lot of it's premium content from Epoch Times, and I prefer that if you go, if you want to read the full articles, that you go and get a subscription to Epoch Times and read it for yourself. They are very indis they are an indispensable news source, and I highly recommend them to anybody who wants to get, get actual balanced news. But the best way you can support my channel is to actually go and subscribe to my channel, so you'll get the notifications. Um, of when I post up material, but also leave rumbles on there and actually watch the podcast because that that's part of how they calculate what I get paid from Rumble is not only views but also plays. You know, hey, so it's views and clicks, but it's also plays. Exactly, so, and if you if you if you run a business, you're interested in advertising on the show, feel free to write me at contacts at the Rant Reloaded. Myself or Tim will get a hold of you with. Uh, with what our uh, sponsorship packages are so you can sponsor the show and get advertised uh, to promote your business on our show. So there's also that option. So, uh, and, the and, part's out of the way. And along, and along with it maintaining integrity, we also do believe in transparency on this show. That's why we encourage you, anything we say, go and search it out for yourself. Don't just take us at face value. But we encourage you, search it out for yourself, come to your own conclusion. But with that being said, also, if uh, there's ever a legitimate request uh, for financial records, I personally have no problem 
uh, producing financial records associated with our shows. Uh, same here, but I think this is where we need to end it up. We're at an hour and 35 minutes, so... Well, we are, we are. So any, any fine, now that we've gotten the self, the, the shameless self promos out of the way, uh, right. do you have I, any I last have, thoughts? Uh, I honestly just, just want to tell people out there one thing. If you can get yourself out of the dollar, not because our dollar doesn't deserve support, it does. But right now, until we get someone else in office who actually understands what the financial monetary system and what this whole situation with Ukraine is going to be about, protect yourselves that's what i gotta say protect yourselves get into asset classes that are not easily affected by value of the dollar and that means gold silver means you know muscle cars expensive paintings things that have intrinsic value that's my final thought for you guys out there protect yourselves you know in in hard times we'll all help each other out that's not a problem but it's kind of hard to help people out if you don't have anything to help people out with so protect yourselves first. We'll look after each other when times get truly hard. Exactly. And uh, uh, let me just say um, that, please, in closing, please remember those those like, subscribe, follow buttons. And this is this is the rant reloaded. And uh, your translation, please, because I can't, I still can't pronounce it. Eterne veritatis. This is exactly. This is both of us saying that if you're not. If today's political situation isn't pissing you off, then you're not paying attention. Until next week. Here, here. Until next week, God bless. God bless this great nation and be safe. <laughs>